0: This is Genie Cisco meth again, and I just the the date is we're towards the end of February 2016. My goodness, time flies, doesn't it? It just flies by, except when you're a little kid. If you're a little kid listening to this, I know you don't believe me. Hang in there; it's going to happen. And as we look forward to the future sometimes we need to pause and look back at the past you see I get so caught up in in my journey to where I want to go I forget how far I've come sometimes and I know my son is is the same way my kids are the same way you know when are we going to get there When is it when do we arrive the moment you arrive is just a split second in time but that journey to get there can take days months Years. And so I want to invite you today to enjoy the journey of where you're going. And I want to share with you some lessons that I recently learned from Mark Eaton. Mark Eaton played for the Jazz uh, for over 12 years in the NBA. He's, six, he's seven foot four, just an absolutely incredibly nice man. Now, if you've read my book, you know that my introduction. To Mark Eaton was clear back in the 90s, when I was living here with my daughter, and her and I were struggling terribly, and it was such a pleasure to meet one of my heroes. Mark Eaton has been a hero of mine ever since I met him, and he didn't even know it. And so to be able to meet him and greet him and give him a copy of my book and say, Mark Eaton, I talk about you in this book, and it is such a pleasure to finally meet you because you are an incredible man an incredible man let me tell you about the story and if if you do have my book go to page 11 and and make sure you read page 10 and 11 about my story with Mark Eaton if you don't have my book make sure you pick up a copy of it today at my website Barnes Noble or amazon.com but let's talk for a moment about Mark Eaton I was a waitress at Two Guys from Italy. And I worked in the evening. My mother watched my daughter. And I don't remember the exact time. I know it was during basketball season. And and I thoroughly enjoyed being a waitress. And Two Guys from Italy it used to be across from the Salt Palace. It's no longer there. It hasn't been there for some time. And Mark Eaton came in with his wife. Now his wife was a very petite lady, which most people look like compared to Mark anyways. But I'm six foot tall, and she was even shorter than me. Uh, probably five foot three to five foot five, I'm not sure. But they. I did not know who he was at that moment in time. And all I knew was this very tall gentleman in this lady came in and they were having dinner. I noticed how nice he was to everyone. Everyone seemed to like this gentleman and they would walk up to him and they would talk to him they would interrupt his dinner and he never once turned anyone away. He was always very very gracious. He listened to everyone. He talked to everyone and his wife just sat there and he was gracious and caring and kind Well, we were getting ready to close, and they had still not finished their dinner. My manager wanted to leave. Everyone else in the restaurant wanted to leave. And I told him, I'm going to stay. I'm going to let them finish their meal. And Jose, our busboy, said, yeah, I'll stay too. And so we hung out until about two o'clock in the morning i did let mark eaton and his wife know that the kitchen was closing but that i would definitely keep their drinks full and give them anything you know before the kitchen closed and then of course give them desserts or anything that i could and they sat there until two o'clock in the morning just talking and and um, it was absolutely phenomenal that wasn't the neat part I mean it was it was neat but my daughter at that time I was a single parent and you think well shouldn't you have gone home to your daughter well my daughter was just fine she was spending the night with grandma and so I knew she was safe she was well cared for and it wasn't costing me any more money because grandma was taking care of her and so it felt good to be able to give to this man and his wife I didn't look at it as that at that moment I just looked as hey this guy needs to eat this dinner with his wife family is important to me family time is very important to me and that was the first time I guess that I remember that value really coming up and saying hey I can help these people have some family time and and so we just sat there Jose and I just talked and and I don't know what we did goofed off I'm sure I probably read a book I always have a book with me and and finally when Mark Eaton uh, had finished he came up and he was so gracious and he said thank you so much for an incredible evening with my wife I don't get time alone with her very often and I thoroughly enjoyed it and then he handed myself and Jose a hundred dollar bill hundred dollar bill now let me explain to you what that meant to me I was on I was a single parent I was struggling in college I was struggling to feed her and take care of her and I had an older vehicle and that hundred dollars I had never seen a hundred dollar bill and I I don't even know if I'd seen $100 together at one time other than in a in a check of some kind. See, I was a waitress. You don't make much as a waitress, especially in your paycheck. At that time, I made $2.20 an hour. I don't think it's much more than that now. Yeah, I made tips, and I paid a lot of my bills in $1 bills. But to see a $100 bill for just a couple hours of work was phenomenal to me, and and in that moment in time, Mark Eaton became my hero, because I went home, and as I was driving home, I was thinking about the car parts I could buy, the clothes I could buy, the food I could buy, and it was the first time that I realized that the value, the value that one person can exchange with another is immense. And I also realized, you don't know the impact you have on people. Mark Eaton had no idea what that $100 meant to me. And I had no idea what that $100 meant to him. I'm sure it wasn't his last $100 he was playing for the jazz. I don't know what he meant. But he found value in me And he found value in Jose and the service that we had provided him. So he paid us $200 total. And there are so many lessons tied up in that. So many lessons tied up in that. One is, I'm a valuable, worthwhile human being no matter what I do. Another is, people are gracious. They love to help. They love to give. Another is, you never know when God is going to provide for you, where it's going to come from in your moment of need. Still another is, how can I be of service to others whenever it's needed? Is it always needed? Whenever you feel that intuition, that little pull, please do it. That's God talking to you and saying, hey, someone needs this. I've lost things before, been looking for it, been upset, and thought, I don't know, maybe someone needs to find it. Because there have been moments when I have found a pendant to a bracelet or a pendant to a necklace, and it was exactly the thing that inspired me to keep moving forward. You see, that journey to where you want to be can be long and can be hard and can be filled with temptations that want to pull you off your game that want to have you stop and not continue forward my friend that's the devil trying to stop you from doing your work that God has created in you that desire that you have keep moving forward keep making it happen it's an absolutely incredible moment when they arrive and when you continue walking forward right i'm going to tell you a few lessons that mark eaton told me the other evening at the nsa meeting national speakers association meeting that's where i got to meet him in person and tell him what he had done for me and give him a copy of my book bully proofing you He told us a story about when he, he was not a basketball player in high school and college. He was an auto mechanic and he had been working as an auto mechanic. I'm sorry, I don't remember where. And this gentleman kept coming into the office every day, every day, coming into the office and talking to him about playing basketball. Hey, I want you to play basketball. You know, I can teach you some things. I can, I can help you learn. I can help. Finally, he decided, okay, I'm going to go learn from this gentleman. So he enrolled in a junior college, and this gentleman was coaching him. And he was now, a few years later, he was being recruited by every college all over the place. And he decided to go to UCLA. At UCLA, he wasn't quite fitting in. He just, he was riding the pine. he wasn't getting anywhere. He was getting frustrated, and he was wondering if he had made the right decision. Now every Saturday a bunch of former UCLA players pro college, pro players would get together at a gym and play pickup ball. Pickup ball is when a bunch of people come together and they just create teams and play. It's not about um, the pennant, I mean it's not about, you know, winning the trophy or anything the division, the region. It's just about having a good time playing basketball matching your skills against your opponent's skills. I've played in quite a few pickup games. Absolutely love them. I think they're more fun than playing in the championship game. (laughs) What he's talking about he's playing in this game there's this guard and he keeps trying to catch this guard. He's running. He's trying to defend him. He's doing the best he can. And every time he'd be about five steps from midcourt the guard would be laying it in. And he subbed out, and he was standing on the side of the court, holding his shorts, bending over, really doubting if he had found where he needed to be. And he said all of a sudden he felt this big, huge hand just slap him on the shoulder. And he looked over, stood up and looked over, and it was Julius Irving, Dr. J. And Dr. J said, let me tell you something, son. You're never going to catch that guy. And Mark Eaton thought to himself, yeah, no kidding, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> and then Julius Irving took Mark Eaton by the hand, I'm sorry, by the arm, took a hold of his arm and led him over and said, let me show you what your job is. And he took, took Mark Eaton and he placed him right in front of the basket. And he said, your job is to defend this basket, no matter what. This is your job. You stop anybody, you stop guys like that from making it to the basket. And then when the ball goes on the other side, you trundle on up to the half-court line and you check out what's going back, and then you come back and you guard this basket. Mark Eaton was one of the best defensive players ever in the NBA. He still holds the record. For blocked shots in the NBA. 456 or something like that. I can't remember the exact number. But what he learned in that moment in time. When he was talking to Julius Irving. Was it was not his job to try and catch the guard. It was his job to defend the basket. And when you learn your job. Then things start to fit better. Things start to feel better. And I invite you today to figure out what is your job? What is it that feels good no matter what? Yeah, every job has its bad moments. Mine's making sales calls. But you know what? I'm getting a lot better at it. And I've developed some system and learned some systems that help me make those calls. My passion is sharing my message with the world. My passion is teaching. I live for light bulb moments. They're absolutely phenomenal. That's my job. I don't know what your job is. I invite you to figure out what your job is. And then do everything within your power. And then some to make your job come true. To make that dream come true. Because it can. If you have the desire, you have what you need to make it happen. That desire lives in you because it is your calling. You see, all humanity, Hippocrates said all humanity could be broken down into four segments for personality types for categories and there are many psychologists and uh, sales programs and all kinds of stuff that have broken these down relationship experts broken them down into they name them different things they give them different color codes right i'm sure you've heard that all humanity can be broken down into four categories I was recently exposed to the bank code system of selling. It was developed by Sherry Tree. I've taken it and tweaked it a little bit for relationships. And I invite you to contact me to find out more about it. It's absolutely a phenomenal system. If you're in sales, contact me. I can help you. If you're in a relationship, contact me I can help you my husband and I have an absolutely phenomenal relationship and we learned when we learned these basic different types of people now I've done the color code and I've done you know what's what's my personality um, code there are other ones that I have done but this one mm, this one was special and I'm not exactly sure why it was so special but it was special absolutely phenomenal and it asked a series of 20 questions that's it some of them asked hundreds of questions this one asked 20 questions and broke up my system immediately put me in my categories in my code immediately same with my husband and it helped me understand so much you see my first division is knowledge I love uh, learning. I love logic. I love understanding. I love accuracy. I love learning and research and development. But you see, I had learning disabilities all through high school. I still struggle with some today. And so I'm a knowledge with a learning disability. What an incredible difference. You see, if someone would have just asked me, Jeannie, what kind of... Where would you put you? You know, here's these cards, here's these colors, here's these questions. How would you define yourself? I never would have put knowledge first. It never would have happened because I wouldn't have believed it because of my learning disabilities. But once Sherry Tree explained what it meant to have knowledge as your first card, it totally made sense. Everything crystallized. And I went, yeah. Then I also heard Tom... Tony Robbins talk about how life does not happen to you, it happens for you. Let me say that again, Tony Robbins taught me that life happens for you, not to you, and then right after that I learned from Sherry Tree and her bank training that I was a knowledge and a lot of my life made sense. You see, in high school, I evacuated the chemistry lab because of a mistake i made at the in the lab and so when you're a knowledge but you make mistakes you can't read very well you can't spell very well punctuation is a nightmare right i mean it's a nightmare for people who speak well and and read well but for someone who has auditory dyslexia who has visual dyslexia who can't hear certain sounds can't pronounce things properly it's a nightmare And so to be a knowledge but not be seen as a knowledgeable person was very frustrating for me. But you see, life happens for me, not to me. And it gave me skills that helped me become a teacher, that gave me an incredible perspective that I could use to help my students, that I still use today to help my students, my clients, the participants in my program. That knowledge has helped me tremendously. My second card is blueprint, which helps me uh, develop systems, which helps me develop steps. I like structure. I like tradition. That's absolutely incredible. And so if you have a spouse, because my spouse is blueprint action, and action means you're spontaneous, you like hanging out with friends, you like going, you like action... Right? That's why it's called action. My last card is action. But once we understood that about each other, you see, you have all of those components in you You just have to tap into them at different times. Now that I know these personality types, now that I know this code, and I can crack other people's codes, I know how to talk to them. I know how to identify with them. And it's authentic. It's genuine. Because I have those personality traits in me as well. I have a nurturing part to me. I have a knowledge part to me. I have an action part to me. And so there are times when I need to bring those personality traits or those, those categories of my learning, my being, to the surface so that I can lead with them. But when you learn about your spouse and where they are, it's easier to talk to them. You see, I used to think that when I would go to Lawrence and tell him about, oh, wow, this is so incredible. We're going to implement this new idea. We're going to take this thing to the next level. And he would be silent. And he would look at me. I would take it as disbelief. I would take it as if he didn't trust me. It wasn't that at all. It was his first First card of being blueprint and needing structure and a plan and a system. Because in that moment of time, he was creating the system. He was creating the steps. And I'm just ready to run off and start doing research and development. And so now that we know that about each other, it no longer hurts me when he pauses. Because I understand that pause. Because I have that same ability in myself and so what you learn when you learn what your job is when you learn who you are and what you want and what you desire and you start striving towards it the world helps you because life happens for you not to you. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I want to thank you for listening to what I have to say. I want to invite you to get in touch with me. Contact me, 801-735-5746. Go to BullyproofingYou or com. Get in touch with me. Let me know how I can support you and serve you. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I'll be in touch soon. Bye for now.